every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Friday, this free agent Friday edition, oh. edition oh, of the That show. has to stick. We have to do that now. I, I'm coming to you from snowy Charlotte. Kyle, welcome. You, you got like a quarter inch of snow. Shut your mouth. Brother, it's dangerous condition, state of emergency. We can't go anywhere. There's no milk. There's no bread. Dangerous I get that time. up here, too. I don't. I don't understand, like, what time do you think we live in where you have to go out and buy three gallons of milk, four loaves of bread, and, like, 48 eggs for a snowstorm? (laughs) It's going to be 55 today. It's going to be all gone. It's almost all gone. It's like you can literally go out to lunch today Yeah, and leave your house uncontested. Yeah, I have an appointment after this podcast. I'm I plan on leaving and going to. So stupid, Kyle. Real quick, uh, let's you know we can talk about snow and eggs and milk, but uh, you have an additional responsibility here on this Locked On Podcast Network for the people that want all the dolphins. Take the new host of Locked On Dolphins, Kyle Krabs. (laughs) We joke about not turning this into a Bills and Dolphins podcast, and now we have bills and dolphins podcasts on the locked on network. So daily, uh, daily, one <laughs> daily, daily. I want to tip the hat to Travis who did a ter- terrific job with locked on dolphins. I'm super excited to pick the ball up and run with it. Now that uh, he has a new opportunity that he hasn't made public yet, but uh, uh, looking forward for what is next for him as well, of course, and, and being able to you know speak to an audience that Travis did a great job speaking intelligently about the game and team building and the draft and free agency and what's going on in Miami with this drastic rebuild that they're in. So I'm looking forward to, to continuing those conversations and putting my own spin on them. And uh, Monday, if you're a, a Dolphins fan or just for some odd reason would like to hear me talk for another 25 to 30 minutes every day, uh, Monday's the kickoff. So come on by Locked On Dolphins and, and check us out. Yeah. Awesome. All the, all the Kyle Krabs that people can handle. My goodness. So, uh, Happy for you, man. Congratulations. Looking forward to doing uh, Bill's Dolphins crossovers and trying to be like professional about it, not tongue in cheek the whole time, but uh, should make for some good discussion. But uh, today here is free agent Friday. I'll let you kick things off. Uh, So last time we did this, we did DJ Humphreys and he signed. Yeah. So (laughs) yeah, that was was a, a nice little bit of power that we had here. Um, we did Austin Hooper as well, and we did Matt Judon. So the world is our oyster, Joe. We can talk about anybody else. And I want to talk about a Buffalo Bill. Shaq Lawson. Ooh, okay. Shaq Lawson's interesting to me because, and I'm sure you would agree with this, 2019 was his best season as a pro, yes? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and he's really stout. I think for teams that uh, implement like some 
drastic differences between their strong side end and their weak side end or, or outside linebackers or edge players. Shaq Lawson's going to be that guy that you put to the strong side. He's able to tackle double teams against offensive tackles, tight ends. He's got great length. He can hold the point of attack, set the edge. He's never been a super potent pass rush threat with speed off the edge, but you knew that. Uh, but Shaq Lawson, I think the arrow's pointing up. He's he's trending the right direction. He's 26 years old. And I think in an edge class that has guys like Matt Judon, who we talked about last time we did a free agent show, Jadavion Clowney, Yannick Ngakwe, who I anticipate the more I think about it, is going to get franchise tagged. We could talk about him today if you wanted to, Joe. I'm going to leave that up to you. Shaq Lawson, and like it's him and Bud Dupree are the next tier down. And Shaq, for me, I think is going to be interesting to see where his money falls relative to Bud Dupree because Bud Dupree had 11 and a half sacks this year as a one-year wonder. Shaq's been a little bit more steady build with his development and, and coming into his own, but he doesn't have that pass rush ceiling. They're very different players, but I think each one brings a lot of value. Yeah, uh, one thing I always feel like we got to talk about with Shaq Lawson is the start to his career. Uh, drafted out of Clemson, he's got a shoulder problem in May mm-hmm. of his rookie year that cost him, I think, almost six months. And then you also have to keep in mind, Rex Ryan had him playing 3-4 outside linebacker. Uh, uh, so that was just a disastrous start. And I think when when you don't catch on quick as a rookie, like you're like it's people are so fast to bury you and just think that you're just going to be nothing in the league. Well, he's. I mean, even the next year, he became a really quality run defender. And then the last two seasons with Sean McDermott and uh, really finding his way in terms of becoming a good run defender and a complimentary pass rusher that has a really good inside move and plays with great effort and has good, you know, heavy hands and length and those types of things. He's really come into his own. And and I think he's a valuable football player. And, you know, I think he had good production despite playing less than 50% of the snaps for the Bills last season. So a guy that I think deserves more reps and I think he'll be even more productive once he gets that chance so uh other thing I want to mention though he was amazing in the Bills Ravens game there no nobody shut down the Ravens this year but the Bills did like really contain Lamar Jackson contain that run game uh they lost the game but defensively they 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 slowed down that Ravens offense as good as anyone in the NFL and I think I would tell you the biggest reason why was because of Shaq Lawson in that game and how well he played contain on Lamar Jackson. And I'm sure part of that comes from his experience against Lamar Jackson in the ACC in college. But just there's something about Shaq and how good of a job he does in contain responsibilities. And so I think that's going to be really valuable. If I'm an AFC North team, that's something I think about a lot when I when I consider, you know, whether or not to go after Shaq Lawson. And uh Interestingly enough, I remember talking about that game with you, and we said, "Who's the who's the guy that's going to be contain? Who, who's going to be able to contain Lamar Jackson?" And we said, I, I, "I don't know if they have it. I don't know if they have that guy on the yeah. edge." And sure enough, Shaq Lawson did a pretty damn good job. So market value, this is the way this works. We talk about the players. We kind of set the table. We have to predict our market value for what his contract annual average salary per year will be. And then we're going to open up spot tracks and see what spot track says and react to that live on the show. So, Joe, what is your prediction for an annual per year salary, unless you already know this? Yeah, I, I wrote him up on Monday, so this you is son of a bitch. 
Well, I would I could have lied to you, but I mean I wrote the article. There the receipts exist, so Okay. Uh I'm gonna set him at nine million per year. All right. You just keep your mouth shut. I'm opening it up right now. Maybe. I have <laughs> slow. the spin. I have the, the, it loads slow. 7.6. Okay. Yeah. So the good news is if I'm ready to pay him $9 million a year, I'm probably going to sign him. Yeah. You know, if Henry, if, and the, the three contracts or the four contracts that they cite as reference markers are Henry Anderson, Robert Quinn, Matt Ioannidis, and Daquan Jones. The average of those three con- or four contracts combined was two and a half years, $7.6 million. The average age of those players when those contracts were signed, 26 and a half. So that's where these numbers come from. The market value uh, is four years, $30.8 million is the projection from Track Joe. Are you, as a Buffalo guy, do, would you pay eight to seven and a half to nine million dollars to retain Shaq Lawson for continuity? Yeah, I, I absolutely would. And the Bills are in good shape cap wise, over eighty million dollars in space. And one thing they could do is cut Trent Murphy, and that would save over eight million dollars. So to me, my plan at Edge, if I'm the Bills, is to bring back Shaq Lawson. Obviously, you have Jerry Hughes uh, still under contract for this season and next. Uh, and then cut Trent Murphy, and then I then I I still have what I think is enough flexibility to go out and make a run at a Judon or, or Yannick Ngakwe, or think about using my first round pick on a, on a defensive end. Yeah, if you can do break even with Shaq Lawson versus Trent Trent yeah. Murphy, you do that all day long. Now, what dollar amount gets you uncomfortable? This was part of the reason why I picked. A bill because I'd like yeah. I really would like your input here on like where would you knowing him as intimately as any team in the league is going to know him where do you start to get a little sticker shot? I think when you start really getting over double digits, you know, if it's this seven to nine range, I think that's okay. Uh, but you start, you know, we, 10, 11, 12, you know, to me, that's just kind of, kind of crazy. And I think, I think these deals are pretty reasonable that spot rack mentions is, you know, Ioannidis, I think is a good comp. Henry Anderson, I think is a good comp and that's 7.2 per and 8.4 per per and well, Shaq's right in the middle. And so if you add some inflation, you put him in eight, eight and a half, something like that. I think that's a reasonable price tag for him. Uh, I'm anxious to see what he can do. I mean, he played what, like 47% of the snaps last year. I mean, his production's pretty comparable to these guys, even in terms of game played, but those guys are all playing a majority of the snaps. So I I think Shaq has more room to grow to get better. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, this just isn't for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package to no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. 
Right now, we've got a deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code LOCKEDON. Just pay 5 bucks for shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code LOCKEDON to try it free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. All right, Kyle, the player I want to get into is a quarterback. Ryan Tannehill. Theodore Bridgewater. Oh, a little Teddy. Okay. Well, we know Drew Brees is back, right? Uh, And so I don't know how much longer Teddy can hold on, and I think he's going to be extremely sought after. And, I mean, we went through it. I mean, almost half the league is a little unsettled at quarterback right now. and. Teddy Bridgewater is, what, 28 years old, the former first-round pick of the Minnesota Vikings, has shown promise in, in multiple places in his career. Uh, he's a few years now removed from that really terrible knee injury. And for a lot of teams, I think he makes a lot of sense. I mean, I, the Carolina Panthers really stand out, given his time that he has spent with Joe Brady. And, you know, I think the the processing – in football intelligence that Teddy has to run that spread offense, I think would be a really good fit. Um, I, I just feel like there's, he's going to have suitors. If you, if you're looking for a quarterback to bridge the gap, which I think there's several teams out there, but like, I don't know. I just can't keep going back to the Panthers because I think Teddy turned down those chances in the past, right. With Miami and stuff and mm-hmm. goes to, to new Orleans because he thinks he can be the guy. And like, eventually you, you're going to have to strike and this is his chance. And I think that, I think someone's going to pay him. Like we've seen quarterbacks. I don't want to compare him to like the Mike Glennons of the world and the Matt Flynn's and those types of guys, but those guys got paid and, and Teddy's kind of have going to have to seize this opportunity. And I don't know that he's ever going to be, what is he going to do? Go back to the saints for a modest deal to hope Drew Brees retires after next year. I think he's going to be available. And I think he's going to go somewhere else. The question is where you know, you've mentioned Carolina. Um, I'm trying to think of where from a personnel perspective would make the most sense for Teddy because Teddy's not the most mobile quarterback. Um, I think he's the kind of quarterback that would probably thrive or, or be as good as he can be that has complimentary players around him to the degree of not going to ask him to throw the ball 30 to 35 times a game, you know, and let him lean on the running. He's one of those quarterbacks that when the offense is balanced, he can be very good. But if you ask him to be the guy, he didn't have a lot of success with that anytime he's been asked to do it in the past. So what makes it interesting is I'm struggling to find the landing spot that makes sense, which then in turn makes the market value even more complicated. But I can tell you right now, he's probably not going to get the 30 million that he it's reported (laughs) that he wants. That's probably not going to happen. Tampa is Tampa a spot that we should be thinking about for him. No, because there's such a high volume passing offense, but you like I mean, he's got Godwin and Evans and Bray. But how often do they run the football? 
Well, it helps to have a running back that can run the football in an offensive line. Um, all right, so we we think that it's difficult to really peg him in terms of dollars when you're having a hard time finding landing spots. But I think Carolina's one. I think I do think Tampa Bay is at least worth talking about. I doubt Chicago would be a spot that Teddy would want to go to. It's probably not, the I best mean, of all the places we've talked about, though. I mean, he's not going to go to Cincinnati, you know? No. All right, let's let's do it this way. Let's say he signs somewhere to be a bridge starting quarterback. Pun not intended. <laughs> what does that dollar amount look like? And if he goes somewhere to compete slash maybe be a backup to start, but there's some optimism that he could end up being a starter, what does that dollar amount look like? All right, I'll, I'll, I'll guess $15 million per season. And which scenario is that? I I would say fifteen to go into a competition and twenty two to be a bridge starting quarterback. All right, that's fair. You ready? All right. Yes, I am. Opening right. in three, two, one. Oh, 20. Oh boy, twenty. Okay, so fell right in the middle. Comparable deals, Jimmy <clears throat> Jimmy Garoppolo, Nick Fa- Nick Foles, Jacoby Brissett. Brissett's uh, the interesting one to me. Because <clears throat> I feel like that's the that's the deal that I feel like is most applicable. Jimmy Garoppolo signed a five year hundred and thirty seven million dollar contract. Yeah, Let's call it spade a spade. That was ambitious. Well, twenty seven and a half per is crazy. Nick Foles. Signed it when he was 30 to be a long-term starter was the perception there. Jacoby Brissett kind of was this bridge contract. I think that's the one that makes the most sense. So 15 is about where I could see this. So right right around where we thought it would be. 30s, man, he's not getting 30. No, no. There's there's very few starting quarterbacks that are going to get 30. Right that like have been established starters. All right. What's next? Let's do Amari Cooper. Woo-hoo. Yeah, we're going to bring some heat today. So Amari Cooper is uh, 26 years old, pending free agent. What's really interesting to monitor here, Joe, is did you, did you see this detail with the collective bargaining agreement proposal? Which one? The one that the owners signed off on yesterday. If the, if the, players pass it within a certain amount of time, uh, teams will be cut to only having one franchise tag slash transition tag to use. Oh, and so Dallas would be in trouble because they have Dak, Amari, and Byron Jones to deal with. Yes. Well, and Byron was the outside man anyway. And now if this deal gets ratified, Dallas can't transition tag to build themselves a bridge to sign Amari, while franchise tagging Dak, they'd have to choose one or the other, and the other will hit the open market. Or they can just use their $80 million in salary cap space and bring back their good right. players. Stop messing around and bring back your good football players. But what that's is, what, What's Jerry doing? Is he penny-pinching Jerry Jones? Uh, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I've kind of been enjoying watching Dallas fans yeah, squirm yeah, over the Dak fun. situation. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's something else. Yeah, I agree. All right, so Amari. He's twenty. He's actually twenty-five years old, according to his player profile page. 
Uh, he is a five-year NFL veteran, former top five overall pick, and I'll tell you what his stats were as soon as Spot Track loads the page, unless you have it up. Uh, yeah, I do. 5,097 yards, 33 touchdowns, 357 receptions across his career. He had 1189 last year and eight touchdowns in his contract year. So he's had over 1,000 had... yards every year except for 2017. Mm-hmm. And that was the year that kind of served as the catalyst to get him traded. And then he played six games in Oakland in 2018 and had less than 300 yards and one touchdown. And then got traded at the deadline and had over 700 yards in nine games with six touchdowns. So his career in Dallas, over 25 games, he's got almost 2,000 yards receiving in 25 games for the Cowboys. Pretty impressive numbers. It is. Now. Is there any question on whether or not this is a starting wide receiver at a very high level for almost any team in the NFL? Because in my opinion, the answer is no. Correct? Wait, you don't think that he's a high-level starting no, I, receiver I, for I, every team I in the don't NFL? Think there, I, I, I use the double negative. I don't think there's any doubt okay. that he <laughs> would be a high-level starter for any team in the NFL. Yes, and what – what drives his value as well, in my opinion, is I think he's the – there's not a whole lot on the wide receiver market. It's A.J. Green, which I think is a gamble. Emmanuel Sanders, and, like, who else? Devin Funches? No. Right. Uh, Demarcus Robinson? Like, you don't have a whole lot of chance. Like, if you feel like you need a veteran wide receiver target, this ain't last year's group. This is different. Now, you got a great draft class, but those are rookies. So, I think Amari Cooper is going to be plenty in demand. So if he hits the market, whether it's, you know, hits the market and goes back to Dallas, hits the market and bidding starts and goes crazy, if Dallas would be able at this point and this late in the game, which they're going to be in trouble to do, by the way, to prompt him to not hit free agency, because you're going to have to really throw the cash at him to be like, hey, you know how like in (laughs) four weeks you're going to be like the bell of the ball for the entire NFL? What would it take for us now to like have that not be the case? What's your dollar prediction? I don't know that spot rack's going to account for all that, <laughs> but I would say 18 million per season. When's the last really big wide receiver contract? Sammy got 18, right? Sammy Watkins. Is it, did he? Yeah, that was I'm an extraordinary be, deal. I'm going to be triggered. Brother, you should. What did Michael that. Thomas just get? <laughs> I don't remember a lot because he, he like literally just signed. Right. Yeah. So whatever he has is probably the Mike Thomas, Mike Thomas got 96 million. Okay. So about 19, 19 and change per year. Yeah. So what I said, yeah, five year, 96 and a quarter million dollars. He signed on July 31st. Amari ain't Michael Thomas, but Michael Thomas might not be Michael Thomas if he was on a different team. Right. Still a good player. And and this was an extension versus the free agent market. Yep, different. I I would venture to bet he pushes that number. He might get more than that. All right. You ready to click it? So to be clear, 19.25 is Mike Thomas. I'm thinking he clears that. I'm still sticking with 18. Okay. I'm I'm ready when you are. All right. Three, two, one. 
Loading. Yeah, loading. Last one was really fast. Oh, you dog. Ooh, you I did. got it. You did. 19.7 projected market value, which would be the second highest annual salary for a wide receiver behind Julio Jones. 22. Monster numbers. Uh, and the Mike Thomas contract is one of the four that's cross-referenced here. Uh, the Mike Evans contract is one of the ones cross-referenced here. Uh, five years, eighty-two and a half million, which is sixteen point five per year. Signed at twenty-four years old. Cooper will be twenty-six this summer, so when he signs the deal, he's going to be twenty-five years old. Uh, I guess the only concern is the drop rate, right? But of the guys, bad? it's not that bad, is it? He was bad one year with drops. He had like seven drops last year. His drop percentage is point point two five. Does that make sense? I've got it. I got it up on. Uh, he was nine point seven his like second season. And he was like under five this past year. I think he's cleaned that up. Well, compare it to. So I was getting ready to say compare it to some of the drop rates of these other guys, and and he's in great shape. Julio yes, Jones. Julio Jones. The the two years prior to signing his big contract had a drop rate that was double what Amari Cooper's is. Yeah. The last he, two years. Yeah. Yeah. It was at 4.2% uh, last year with Dallas. I mean, I don't really see any. I think this is extremely realistic. I think the, I think it's a bigger question of whether or not he gets 20. Having seen what these contracts look like and seeing some of the, like the, the per game production yeah. and comparing these two players or the, these, Amari versus these four players, Brandon Cooks, Mike Thomas, Mike Evans, and Julio Jones from a statistics standpoint. Look at Mike Evans' yards after catch here on this chart. (laughs) What's it at? I scrolled away. Oh, yeah, different. Different than the rest. (laughs) 1.75. It makes sense, right? I mean, style of player he is. He is. He'll beat you up at the catch point, but. Not a lot working afterwards. It's just funny to see. It's like Brandon Cooks is like 4.15 yards after catch per reception. Mike Thomas, 4.15 yards per catch after reception. Julio Jones, 4.8. Amari Cooper, 3.8. Mike Evans, 1.75. Yep. Not great. Not great. All right. We have, Joe, maybe time for a quick one. You want to get you want to get a quick one in? Uh, let me see. I wasn't ready for another one, but oh, you're ready. Shut it down. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's shut it down. Let me ask um, you this. Here's one last discussion point. Last week, we saw one of our three players sign a deal. Which one of these three is most likely to sign a deal? It would have to be an extension with their own team, right? I would say Amari. Yeah, I would too. Because the urgency's there. Yep. I agree. got to get it done. I'd be surprised if he hits the market, but if he does, man, then it gets really fun to think about like destinations and who would really pay for him, especially with this wide receiver year. Like it's interesting. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the draft dudes podcast. Come on back. See us on Monday for another episode of draft dudes. Joe and I will be in blustery (laughs) Indianapolis. Prayers up. Can't wait to freeze my ass off. But we'll be there for the combine, so I cannot complain. Really should not complain. 
get a latitude adjustment. I'm Kyle Krabs with Joe Marino. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Draft News Podcast. We'll talk to you guys again on Monday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.